Welcome to Packet Pushes Heavy Networking. In today's sponsored show, our guest is Fortinet. And more specifically, we're going to be talking about Fortinet Secure SD-WAN. Now, you might wonder if a security company and a firewall company at that is the right basis for an SD-WAN. Most people would consider that an SD-WAN is a router upgrade. But when you think about it, SD-WAN could just as equally be a firewall upgrade as well. It's hard to argue that both router and firewalls are networking products. You can't argue that they're not. And for many years, we've both pretty much treated firewalls and routers as the same thing. And increasingly, as vendors start to deliver Ethernet to the branches or Ethernet to our sites, we're just using firewalls directly connected to the WAN connections. So if companies like Fortinet have had IPsec and SSL VPN for years, application inspection is a standard feature that's key pretty much to any sort of modern firewall, it might be reasonable to point out that adding path dynamics to an encrypted overlay network is pretty much the same thing. Now, for some customers, coming from a security focus makes more sense as the lack of branch security has been a reality for years. But there isn't much that could be done, right? If you've got a branch network out there, all you could do is either put firewalls at every single branch, which the firewall vendors have been coming at us with better products priced at points where that was more practical so that you could do internet breakout. But ultimately, the SD-WAN migration from private WAN bandwidth to internet bandwidth means that firewalling is a mandatory requirement and that branch security now moves definitely to the edge of the SD-WAN instead of inside the data center. So that's the baseline. That's where we're at. We're going to be talking about how Fortinet puts its SD-WAN solution. Joining us today is Nirav Shah. He's the Senior Director of Products and Solutions. And Alex Samonte, he's a Director of Technical Infrastructure. Let's kick off the discussion by setting a baseline on what a Fortinet SD-WAN customer and deployment looks like. Alex. Historically, customers have been looking for cost savings when it came to SD-WANs, but that was a long time ago. Today, they're really looking for uh, application optimization, application performance. Um, think about it like a Waze or you know GPS for your applications, just trying to find the optimal path to get you to the applications that you want. In a more technical sense, uh, we're really talking about a collection of features of application selection, mm -hmm. uh, dynamic path selection, application identification, SLA monitoring, and of course, uh, security. I love the way you're talking about SD-RAN as a legacy technology. It's like, it's, for a lot of people, this is still early stages for them. But you're really seeing that a lot of customers have got SD-WAN deployments and are really looking for the next phase of it? That's what we observe, Lance, yeah. especially on a distributed enterprises where the customers have tens or hundreds of thousand sites. Yep. They have uh, seen that they use FortiGate and deploy as a vantage so that they can consolidate the routing, SD-WAN, security, all of this into single offering. Now, oftentimes what we have seen is as soon as we talk about using this multiple functionality, they think the performance will be the bottleneck. And that's one area Fortinet has focused for many years by building this purpose-built ASIC inside the FortiGate. Now, that doesn't mean that we are just focused on the hardware. Yeah. Equally, yeah. we are focusing on the VM and all the different multi-cloud, the same SD-WAN functionalities available, right? You make a good point, right? In that some SD-WAN vendors struggle to get high performance or to get it scale because they're relying on software and standardized hardware to do the, the lifting, right? But one of Fortinet's key values for, well, for a number of years here has been its custom hardware and the ASIC, which when you deploy it in the right places solves a problem when you need it. Exactly, yeah. And that's been the case we have seen that now because of that ASIC, you can offload the networking and SD-WAN functionality on that one part of it, while mm -hmm. the security is parallelly processed on the other part of it. And you're still getting 
that better user experience. So it strikes me that the place where that might be of the most value is in the head end where you've got the big data center bandwidth. And having that access speed there is probably, well, that's the obvious place to put it. But there might also be high-performance branches too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so it's absolutely, it started more on the data center side historically. But yeah. look at today, when you think about enabling application control and all the SD-WAN functionality, but you want that enterprise-grade security, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you have enough power. Now, if you do that on x86, performance will become the bottleneck, right? Okay. So to have that functionality in a consolidated form factor, and still have better performance, you do need that on the brand. Now, just coming back, it seems to me you're making a pitch that a lot of customers are already using Fortinet devices as WAN Edge. So we're digging into the fact that IPsec and SSL VPNs is pretty much a standard factor. So you're suggesting a lot of customers already using the internet as a WAN? For a lot of customers who are doing security today at the WAN Edge, obviously, next generation firewall is a big component of that. But in addition to that, Taking the WAN component and making sure that that path is optimized is really part of the dynamic path selection that, there were, that we're able to do. So if you think about the applications that we're able to see as a next-generation firewall, these are the same applications that SD-WAN is trying to optimize. So let's switch over to a bit more, dig in a bit further into the SD-WAN thing. Application identification is a key component of SD-WAN. And... As I put into the opening, I think application identity is a key part of any firewall functionality. So there's reason to believe that Fortinet is good at it. Tell me exactly why that is. Well, obviously, next generation firewall has been what we've been doing for the past 15 years. So application identification has been a cornerstone of that technology. We have visibility into you know over 5,000 applications because our threat researchers, FortiGuard Labs, are making sure that all applications are identified and kept up to date. Because as we know, uh, a lot of the applications themselves change over time, and we have to make sure that we're very responsive to that. Now, for a lot of people, we're seeing the, the transition to new TLS 1.3 and TLS 1.2, where the encryption changes the nature of the traffic inspection. How does Fortinet handle that? How does that impact your solution? And how do you get visibility into encrypted traffic flows? Well, encrypted traffic is over 70% of what internet uh, uh, bandwidth is based on right now. So if you're not inspecting this, then you are not seeing over 70% of the traffic that is going through your network. So you'll only get the very basic information maybe the IP address of the website that you're going to, maybe some certificate information. So you really need to have uh, SSL inspection as part of a strategy to give you visibility. Um, To give you an example, uh, Office 365, if I'm using that and I'm not doing SSL inspection, then all I'm really going to see is that, yes, I'm going to Office 365's IP. But I can't tell you that I'm using Excel or that I'm using Word or that I'm using PowerPoint. Even Microsoft Teams or file uploads and downloads, all of that is invisible to you if you're not decrypting SSL. Let me just take a left turn here. Does that mean you can also traffic shape? So if you can identify those apps at that level of granularity, you could say prioritize the Office 365 XL over PowerPoint because like PowerPoint doesn't really matter or it shouldn't anyway. (laughs) <laughs> well, I would say a lot of a lot of our executives would say PowerPoint is probably the most important application. So yeah, but they're you know, not maybe, the most important I, I, people I, in an organization. I we see. all know that. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely correct. We could uh, differentiate those applications, provide different traffic shaping. You know, so, yep. to give you 
different allowed bandwidths. But more importantly, on the SD-WAN side, we can have different SLAs that will tell me that I want to switch over from one WAN link to another because maybe my Excel performance is not where I need it to be. And it can be different than what my PowerPoint performance is in this particular okay. case. But to do that, you're going to have to crack open the SSL. You're going to have to intercept it and then inspect it and then re-encrypt it, which has got a, well, there's an overhead there. There is absolutely an overhead. And, you know, if anybody's going to tell you that there isn't, they're probably, you know, going to they're try and sell you a bridge as well. Hmm. But fortunately for us, because of the ASICs that we talked about before, uh, SSL has a minimal impact on our performance. Right. Our latest uh, SOC 4 gives us IPsec acceleration, SSL acceleration, and security inspection acceleration. We've done a lot of third-party testing and you know, validated that it's you know, a very powerful solution that will give you minimal impact. Can I ask a weird question here? One of the things I've always wondered is, does this TLS inspection, is it more latent on a general-purpose CPU like an x86? Although they've got accelerators, they haven't got... I imagine it's not the same quality of accelerator that your SOC 4 gives you, right? The security processing unit. Is that a fair statement? Is that actually true? Like you're faster because you're also less latent because of the chip? Correct. The latency uh, with our ASICs is very low. While a lot of the x86 CPUs do have some instructions for accelerating portions Mm. of the uh, SSL, either the handshake or the bulk encryption, our ASIC is offloading the entire piece from the connection setup uh, handling the first um, uh, encryption uh, settings yeah. as well as to the bulk encryption. Right. And I guess the flip side of this too is that because applications are already changing, you're going to have to keep tracking the way applications change as well, right? Because if if I've got new applications coming out or Facebook changes its encryption or the domain names are always changing, how do you how are you handling that? This is where I think the the power of FortiGuard Labs has been very helpful, right? Because FortiGuard Labs is what we use for threat intelligence update for all our install base. And we use that same mechanism to make sure that all these applications that we have, I think Alex talked about 5,000 plus apps, almost on a daily basis, we are updating this application. Especially we see more for the SaaS application like O365 and others, where the information is changing so quickly that we need to make app signature and the granularity part of that to be updated as much as we can and as fast as we can. So that's just automatically updated on a continuous basis. So as long as the appliance gets a feed from the internet, it's done? Exactly, yes. Right. So that's part of the solution that you have. All right, let's talk about app steering. Now, one of the biggest parts about an SD-WAN solution is what I call path dynamics, which is a pretty fancy name to make myself look important. But it's just what I'm trying to get get it through to this idea is that in routing, we only have one way of sending traffic. There's a best and only path. In SD-WAN, we have multiple links, and we want to be able to steer traffic down multiple two, three, four, five links according to what just any possible combination. What makes you Fortinet unique, or do you have some unique value in this area? So Fortinet supports application steering both from a flow base and a packet-based scenario. But outside of that, being able to have multiple SLAs for specific applications and monitoring multiple paths. Like you said, you know, like if they have four or five, six uh, different links, uh, we can make sure that we know what application is going to be uh, performing best uh, at that time and make the correct choice in doing so. Um, you know, the nice thing about Fortinet is, is we've been doing networking for over 20 years. So our fundamental networking is rock solid. Adding the uh, application visibility and application steering on top of that was something that came very naturally to us. Yeah, and, and, and I want to add two things to that, right? Because what we have seen is, especially around that app steering, 
features like WAN remediation. So when you're using the voice and video apps, customers desire to use uh, the app packet-based steering. While yeah, if yeah. you're using the SaaS application, you go with the flow-based. So I think we are liking that flexibility of providing for what business application, how you want to steer. And, mm-hmm. and that flexibility makes customers' life easier at the end of the day. So if I've got a choice here between flow-based and packet-based steering, give me an idea of scenarios about when might I choose packet-based or when might I choose flow-based? Is there like you? Uh, some SD-WAN solutions can do packet-based steering, but they can only do it for a certain number of megabits per second because it takes up a certain amount of CPU time. Or some of them only do flow-based, but they is there something in there that's unique to the Fortinet solution? For packet-based steering, the, you know, the critical application for that is usually something that is sensitive to either packet loss or jitter. Uh, voice and video are usually the best candidates for that. So many times when looking at audio streams, uh, you want to make sure that I have the highest call qual- call quality or highest mm-hmm. video quality. Um, I'm going to want to do something that's packet-based. For something that is more transactional, uh, you know, most of the web uh, services today are very transactional, and flow-based actually works best for that because most of those applications already have built-in fallback and try uh, retry mechanisms. Yeah. So if you do move from one path to the other, everything should be done without anybody noticing. Alex, can I go back to something you said a, a, a few minutes ago about you're, you have, you're really good at networking because everyone that's ever worked on a firewall says it's horrible um, because the networking on a firewall tends to be odd and does unexpected things and behaves in ways that we are unused to. So can you expand on what you mean by the Fortinet platform being you know, good and extremely competent at networking? Because it's really salient to the rest of the discussion we're having here. Sure. You know, the Fortinet firewalls, uh, both uh, layer four and next generation firewalls, have been in complex networks for quite a long time. Um, I know there is a stigma and, you know, kind of a perception that firewalls are not necessarily uh, good at networking, but it's something that we've had to do because the, um, the FortiGate firewall is very flexible in its deployment. I mean, you know, we're already talking about SD-WAN, we have next generation firewall, we have large data center applications. All of these environments has made it so we've really had to feel the customer pain of not being able to, you know, do all of the networking pieces. Um, you will find that the flexibility in the protocols that we support, the options that we support within those protocols are very, very mature. You know, besides me just telling you, hey, we're doing great. Uh, you know, the best thing I could tell you is try it, try it for yourself. We've got tons of customers that have been using the networking features for a long time and been very happy with it. So two big ones, OSPF, BGP, uh, a lot of SD-WAN vendors have added those later. They kind of, you know, you start off with WCCP or static routes or something, mm-hmm. or you're in PATH and the, the routing protocol stack comes later. Is th- are those the protocols you're talking about that you've had for a while? Absolutely. We've been doing OSPF and BGP for a very long time uh, with our next generation firewall. So inherently, our SD-WAN solution gains all of those benefits. We didn't have to recreate OSPF and BGP for SD-WAN because it was already one of the built-in functions of the uh, next-generation firewall. And to add to Alex's point, also having the IPv6 of this functionality, because lately we are also observing a lot of customers want to use IPv6 for especially the networking features. That's not new to Fortinet, right? Uh, That's been built upon over many years, and customers use that in a complex environment. Oh, you opened a can of worms. Okay, let's, let's explore the IPv6 worm can for a minute here. Uh, when you say you support IPv6 and you qualify that, is that like just for the management plane? Is that just for transport? Is that everything? How do you mean that? 
that is for everything. So, um, you know, for quite a long time, much like I'm, I said about earlier about networking, uh, IPv6 has been something that we've uh, supported fully, uh, both from a networking, security, and also SD-WAN side. Um, from a history point of view, uh, in our le- uh, previous version of our NP, uh, we did not have hardware level support for IPv6. In our current version, that was a piece that we added because we've been doing it you know, for a long time. It was something we understood very well, and we were able to put that into hardware so every customer could benefit from hard, full hardware acceleration of IPv6. That's the whole thing. If I'm an IPv6-only network, I'm, I'm good, it sounds like. Absolutely. There would be no, no features missing from uh, if you had a fully IPv6 network. And and this has really helped Fortinet. I I, I remember uh, 2015 when we started hearing from a lot of customers who are existing customers who want to go on an SD-WAN path. For us to build an SD-WAN stack on this robust uh, networking that Alex just talked about was really very helpful. And that helped in last three major releases uh, to build SD-WAN functionality and all that, that features that uh, we talked in terms of giving this advanced functionality there. Mm. I was going to ask as well, because not all vendors have got IPsec and TLS support for IPv6. So you're saying everything, like everything that I want to think about for IPv6 is fully implemented with Fortinet. That is correct. For IPsec over v6, you know, you can have your underlay network utilizing that if that is the network that you are, you know, it, your underlay network uh, rides on. Can um, I do IPv4 over IPv6 exec? Yep, we have uh, v4 over v6 tunnels and v6 over v4 tunnels. Okay. What about crypto management? One of the things that we haven't talked about so far is how this is managed. Are you using a cloud-based controller or are we using an on-premise controller here or are we not using a controller at all? What does that look like? Yeah, so the orchestration, or we call it 4D manager, it comes in all form factor, right? You can have it as a hardware, you can have it as a VM, or it is also supported as a SaaS offering by Fortinet, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's again, very similar to 40Gate, Vanage. The orchestration is available in different form factors for the consumption. So you've got a, an SDN controller out there that's going to do all of the work of automation for me. I'm, I might want to do some automation on top of it, perhaps, but your uh, 40 manager is going to take over all this orchestrating all of the nodes. So if I need to configure something, 40 manager is going to do that for me. I don't have to go to each device and log into it. Correct. Uh, so Forti Manager offers, you know, full multi-tenancy, full uh, multi-device, you know, scalability up to 100,000 sites. Uh, utilizing our APIs that interconnect all of our devices, we can do zero-touch provisioning. So all you really have to do is uh, deliver a device out to one of your WAN edges. It can automatically come up, download the configuration, and be ready to go with, you know, minimal interaction by the uh, by the customer. 100,000 sites, right? <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Okay, I just want to I want to drill into something there. You've made the statement there of it's 100,000 sites and that's a lot higher scalability than most SD-WAN vendors are talking about. So, you know, tens of thousands of sites is unusual. Can you can, you're you're saying you can really get to that sort of number on the on the 40 manager platform? Sure, because the easiest answer for that is that we are not just a SD-WAN vendor. Uh, we've been doing next generation firewall for 20 years. Uh, we have customers that have very large deployments, um, and we've had to manage them for all of this time. Uh, being able to manage the SD-WAN components is just a subset of what we're already doing. Uh, thus, we do have the scale in order to meet you know, hundreds of thousands of devices that are being managed. 
So, so Alex, does that mean I can scale to a hundred thousand uh, tunnels in a in a in a full in a full mesh scenario? I mean, I, it, it surely doesn't mean that. What what does it mean? I can manage a hundred thousand sites under one controller? Uh, correct. Under the forty manager, you can. You're right. It's not necessarily one hundred thousand tunnels under one controller, but you know that uh, a pure hub and spoke model may not make sense for a site that is of you know. 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. You might have to have regional hubs. So you're going to have regional spokes uh, that are going to be uh, attached to the regional hub. So uh, yes, it doesn't exactly translate to SD-WAN 100,000 tunnels, uh, but it does translate to hundreds of thousands of devices that are utilizing SD-WANs being managed. Yeah, and and to talk about the scalability, uh, the number of customers that we have seen adopting SD-WAN uh, they actually use uh, SD-WAN for 18,000 sites. So we have one customer whom is a major gas station change globally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 18,000 locations, and they're using a single pane of glass 40 manager to manage all of them. Similarly, we have seen uh, in other parts of the of the region where there are 4,000 or 6,000 sites, and they're using SD-WAN orchestration to manage all of these branches under one umbrella. So this is proven, right? And we have seen... Yeah a large-scale deployments there. Now, you talk about multi-tenancy. Are you talking about multi-tenancy? So I, as a network operator, can run a multi-tenancy solution so I could be a company and have multiple divisions and keep them all isolated but centrally managed? Uh, yes, that is correct. So the right. Forta Manager has, and the FortiGate have been multi-tenant for, uh, you know, for a very long time. So the natural ability to that for that to extend, extend into SD-WAN uh, is just part of, the, of being under Forta Manager. Right. Zero touch provision is kind of like table stakes. And I know that you've got this in this product, but what I want to start talking about is the centralized management and especially the analytics, because this is where I think is one of the most important features. So Narev, why don't you tell me um, how the 40 manager analytics comes together? Sure. And and really there are two parts to the analytics. The first is on the SD-WAN side, where uh, 40 manager can give you analytics to showcase the quality of experience for the different branches and application, right? So you can drill down to a specific branch and there you can see an application SLA and not just the SLA for that particular time, but historic analysis. So you can find out how the analytics are behaving. Now, hmm. this is very important because late, especially before SD-WAN, customers need to rely on ISP to understand why this specific application is not working well on this link. Now you can see all of this in 40 manager in analytics engine and quickly troubleshoot that, right? So that's the core foundation of the analytics for SD-WAN side. And you can build the whole NOC dashboard to see many of those information and drill down to per user, per application, per site. On the same side, the analytics could be extended on the security side. So now you can have a SOC dashboard and, and that's something not new to Fortinet, right? We have done that in 40 manager for the last many years. But the bottom line is you have a best of breed of both NOC and SOC dashboard to get that secure SD-WAN view in a single pane of glass management. I think the SOC is really important. Um, I've been on the record in other podcasts talking about how SD-WAN is evolving into a security strategy. It's not just a networking thing. We'll talk more about that in the next section where we talk about where the market's going after we've talked about cloud. But I think that is a really key issue. If that ability to do the security integrated in the SD-WAN is, is really key. But I want to ask about licensing strategy. I know a lot of people are telling me that there are licensing strategies in the networking industry that are causing them, 
let's be fair, a lot of pain and they're confusing <laughs> and they're, you know, whatever. How, how, what is your lo- licensing strategy look like? Sure. So SD-WAN, the entire core SD-WAN functionality that we talked about, that's baked into FortiGate and we do not charge for any cost, right? So it's it's part of the platform and it mm-hmm. comes for free. Now, oftentimes it's been viewed that, yeah, but it's free, so it may not be the, the advanced functionality. I think our, our philosophy has been always that SD-WAN or the networking features needs to be baked in well into firewall mm-hmm. and you can expand to the security as desired. And this exact same thing we have done with SD-WAN. And if you see last three major releases, right, we continue to add the multipath intelligence or a WAN remediation and all of these advanced features, but we still make sure that core SD-WAN functionality, there is no license, there is no cost for that. So if I buy the firewall, I get all the firewalling features, I get all the SD-WAN, all the networking stuff, no extra licenses. I I assume there would be um, fees or consumption-based fees for threat detection and malware engines and things like that? Yeah, so uh, so only when you are using a subscription services for uh, security, uh, such as IPS, anti-malware, when, when we are updating those threats, this is where uh, those hmm. subscription services we are charging. But yeah. uh, even for application control, we talked about uh, making sure that almost on a daily basis, we are upgrading those applications. We hmm. do not have any cost for that. All right. So the can application... You guys... Sorry. Can I ask you guys a hard question? Um, th- th- we have a lot of discussion with a lot of different people about SD-WAN and SD-WAN solutions. And, and a lot of people have had the impression that the Fortinet solution is kind of what you were describing there. Ah, it's thrown in for free. It's nothing really more than a glorified IPsec tunnel manager. You know, it's not, not really that exciting. Now, we've talked about a lot of features that are there, but can you explain why that perception might be out there for, for some folks? And, and you know, maybe, maybe it was that way in version 1.0 or something, but things have changed. Yeah, I think, I think Fortinet has a very large customer deployment, very large customer base. And customers who have seen 40 gate, 40 OS, 5, 6, and before, that means four or five years before, uh, this is where they might think that you know, the Fortinet SD-WAN is just the traffic shaping or IPsec. But in reality, especially in last three to four years, uh, the SD-WAN functionality, the way it is built in, is absolutely we can go head-to-head with any SD-WAN vendor, the pure play SD-WAN vendor, and showcase those advanced features. And, and we are seeing that perception changing, especially in two ways. We have seen a lot of service providers who are now extending uh, to their SD-WAN, which was pure play, to now secure SD-WAN using Fortinet. And similarly, the large enterprise customers are adopting Fortinet uh, secure SD-WAN. So uh, you're right. The perception is still there uh, for many customers who have seen the older 40 OS. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they upgrade to the, the latest software, 40 OS 6.0, 6.2, they are shocked to see how the stack is well built inside 40 mm-hmm. OS. I guess the flip side here is the form factors that I get the SD-WAN functionality is I'm, I'm just going to, because I did a lot of research on this because I'm kind of surprised, but you're actually offering this as an appliance, as a virtual machine, as a public cloud instance. So I can run my SD-WAN. We'll talk about cloud next, but basically this this whole orchestration 40 manager comes in a whole bunch of form factors. I can buy an appliance. If my business runs an appliance, I can put it as a VM if that makes me happy. I really think that's impressive. Yeah, right. That's the strategy has been to make sure the vantage and orchestration is available in all form factors. Mm. 
as well as being hosted in the cloud, just in case I didn't say that out loud. And let's talk about cloud performance. And obviously, as enterprises are saying that they're moving to the cloud, and some of them even are, it means that we still have to have a networking strategy and an SD-WAN strategy that connects to what's in the cloud. So how is Fortinet approaching public cloud and hosting SD-WAN services in the cloud? So I think I think we have threefold approach. I think our first approach is to make sure that we give the last mile optimization. And what that means is, Customers who are going to any multi-cloud, AWS, Azure, or all the way to Alibaba, they can run 40 gate SD-WAN right there in that public cloud. So now, from a branch to the public cloud, there is an end-to-end security, end-to-end connectivity, and SD-WAN could be performed both ways. So that's definitely there. Customers are using it. I think the second requirement that we have seen is more around the SaaS applications, right? Yeah. Uh, especially when you, you, you steer Office 365 to internet, uh, there is a chance that internet may not give you the best performance and you still uh, lack the user experience. This is where we have expanded our partnership using our fabric-ready program. And uh, I think a security fabric, which is the, the core foundation of Fortinet, as part of that, we have open API integration with almost 200 plus uh, partners or vendors. And Teridian is is one of the vendor where we do the middle mile optimization using that. So customers can now use 40 gate uh, and in the nearest uh, Teridian place, they can now terminate the IPsec tunnel. And yeah. from there, they make sure there is an overlay network built upon them so that every time the SaaS application traffic is using the best path and still the user experience remains at the high level. The the second part about what I, I noticed, and I didn't wasn't aware that you actually had this, but you actually have a CASB. So you actually have a service, which presumably is fully integrated with the SD-WAN, where I can send all my traffic into your cloud and you can start to do the content inspection, the logging, the, uh, and all that, you know, or as it's generally called, a cloud access security broker. Do you want to talk about that a bit more? Because I think there's something in that. Yeah, I mean, without a surprise, uh, we we built Casby and we called it Forty Casby, right? So hey, there is a there is. <laughs> <laughs> wow, marketing teams pulled the big one out there, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I think Forty uh, uh, Casby is organically developed by Fortinet, and uh, we support many SaaS applications. and And what we have seen is, uh, especially uh, around the SaaS applications, we can do the shadow IT discovery. We make sure that users are using the right SaaS application and give those analytics back uh, to the, the Fortinet uh, fabric. And that's been really the case with the CASB uh, in the earlier part of the integration. But mm. we are seeing an uptake of interest with the whole uh, cloud-ready branch uh, deployment. Yeah, because that's really important because if you're going to give um, direct access to the internet from the branch, you need to be able to start doing things like data loss prevention, compliance checking, making sure that people in the branch aren't you know, doing stuff they shouldn't be. And that's got to be more than just blocking them at the branch and preventing them from doing anything. Now, I'm imagining a, a, a drone going around the office. This is shadow IT prevention. I see what you're about to do with that credit card. Stop immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for right there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about direct cloud connectivity? Those people who are going down the path of only MPLS can solve my networking problems. Well, for people who are really concerned about having uh, direct cloud connectivity. Uh, there's fortunately a lot of solutions out there supported by you know different uh, cloud providers. Uh, you know Azure has their VWAN, uh, AWS has uh, Direct Connect, uh, Go- uh, Google Cloud Platform has their Interconnect. All of them are great solutions for getting people's branches 
to the cloud directly. But the you know best thing about that is you want to be able to utilize SD-WAN where it counts the most. Um, it may be the case that that interconnect may be more expensive. Uh, I want to use it just for critical applications and then put all of the other cloud uh, services that may go my direct internet on there. So but all of these solutions work very well uh, with SD-WAN because for us, all of the different interfaces, whether it's a direct cloud connect, whether it's um, direct to internet or MPLS circuits, they're all interfaces to us that we can apply SD-WAN to. All right. So effectively what you're saying there is you've got a, a cloud solution for every situation. You've got the front end covered where people can come in over the internet and connect to an appliance inside of the inside of whatever virtual network the cloud has. But you've also got support there for the direct connection options that each cloud might want to give you, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, Alex, I know we talked briefly before about the Fortinet ASIC, um, and we did touch on the fact that the ASIC itself does uh, SSL acceleration and even improves the latency. What else does the ASIC do? I've got a sneaking suspicion it does more than just SSL termination and encapsulation. Of course. Um, so we have a number of different ASICs that are inside our appliances. Uh, the SOC uh, ASIC is a, actually a combination of you know CPU and uh, two of our uh, different uh, uh, service processors. Yeah. So when we have the ASIC inside there, there are a number of pieces that we can accelerate, some that are specifically uh, geared towards SD-WAN. So we talked about the, um, the overlay and the underlay network. So on the underlay network, um, you know, IPsec is table stakes, but uh, right now for all of the uh, SD-WAN vendors out there, all of that's done in general purpose CPU. For mm. us, the ASIC offloads the IPsec, so the resources used for that come basically for free. Um, mm. The way I think about it is very similar to a, a GPU for a, a PC. Um, you know, the CPU is well more than capable of doing the graphics painting on the screen, but the GPU is great at it. And it offloads that function from the CPU, so the CPU can do other stuff. So right. when we're doing things like our application checks and our application identification, uh, that could be offloaded from the CPU, so it can ha do things like basic connection handling and authentication, uh, things along the of, the of that nature. So just to put some balance on this, you're not saying I have to have it either, right? I can still just put a VM in and run a generic x86 on a hypervisor and it will work, your software works? Uh, that is correct. Right? But so it's not, we still, not mandatory. We, it's not mandatory, but we still do get advantage that comes from our uh our development of the ASIC. We could take a lot of the principles that we use and optimizations that we use for the ASIC, apply them to the software into what we call our virtual SPU and get additional benefits uh, in a VM environment or in a cloud environment that is above and beyond what we would have normally just in software. Well, there's a whole nerdy discussion there I want to have, but I haven't got time for. So uh, effectively <laughs> what you're saying is, you know, what DPDK is to packet acceleration, you've got something conceptually similar for security processing. Very similar. Uh, you know, I would say if you understand the fast path, slow path methodology of hardware mm -hmm. and software acceleration, uh, there is basically a middle path where you can have some optimized software pieces which are very similar to the fast path operations. And because we're doing the SSL decryption for content inspection, which feeds into data loss prevention and so forth and so forth at the edge of the network, this is where the ASIC can be very useful because it, a relatively small box with a cheaper CPU, you know, x86, can get a hell of a lot done for, for reasonable money. Correct. The uh, offloading of that IPsec and uh, SSL slash TLS 
uh, encryption and decryption is a huge uh, benefit to the branch offices, which, as you said, typically have smaller devices uh, and need, but still need big performance as far as being able to look at all of the traffic that is going by. So I alluded earlier in the show talking about how the SD-WAN market is moving away from being networking to being security integrated, whether you want to see security getting into the networking or the networking getting into the security. I think the two are going to merge. I want to talk briefly about what's Fortinet doing in this space as the SD-WAN market moves forward. How do you see it uh, going forward? Yeah, I think uh, from the secure SD-WAN, as you alluded earlier, mm. from there, the market is going towards secure SD branch. And mm. and that's exactly something we have seen in last 12 to 18 months and growing more. Now, when I say SD branch, that means Fortinet's uh, 40 gate vantage extends to 40 access point and 40 switch, right? These are the other okay. two products which we have built, and they all work together with a deeper integration. That's where really the SD branch market is evolving. So you're talking about moving security not just to the SD-WAN edge device where the internet meets the private branch LAN. You're moving it deeper down to the Wi-Fi AP and the can- and the branch switch. You know, a branch can be a couple of hundred users. It doesn't have to be like five or ten users sort of thing. It can actually be right down there in the campus LAN. Exactly. And, and and the benefit is, as soon as you are thinking that way, it's no longer just the van or access. You are thinking about the complete branch transformation. Mm-hmm. So now your security is extended all the way from the van to the access to the endpoint. So that would still again, be managed by the 40 manager. So that would still be centrally operated and controlled by the, control, by the 40 manager controller, whether it's on-prem, off-prem, hosted or whatever. Exactly. So again, the 40 manager becomes that single pane of glass, not just for the van van edge, it is for the entire branch. And it becomes helpful because we can scale at the the higher level. And Mm -hmm. no matter how many devices you have in that single branch, we can use that higher scalability to manage multiple devices across many branches. So we're going to see Fortinet in my campus network in the near future. Is that what we're... (laughs) <laughs> yes. <sir. laughs> I, I recently talked about this in a podcast with Ethan, an unsponsored podcast that we just recorded, and hi- I actually highlighted that the campus is going to come into the SD-WAN. The SD-WAN is eventually going to take over the campus and the branch, and effectively you're predicting that and, and saying you're already well down that path. You wouldn't be saying it out loud if you weren't down that path. And we are really seeing it from the customers. So I would say, especially in, in Europe and some part of North America, uh, 10 SD-WAN deals out of those at least four of them are moving into SD branch area, right? So they wanted to expand into access point and switches and then manage all of this through under one 40 manager umbrella. So that's that's already happening. All right. We haven't got enough time. I really would like to talk to you about how security works in APs and switches. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time for that today. But one of the questions I do want to ask is segmentation. How do you handle, like the big thing in the branch is segmentation. I don't want to just have one LAN in the branch. I want to have multiple. How do I do that? Do you have a solution for that? Well, the good thing is we've been doing segmentation for quite a long time. You know, you you asked about, uh, you know, am I going to see uh, Fortinet in the, in the campus environment? Hopefully, I would say maybe you already are, right? The hmm. uh, uh, built-in security that you would have there in the branch um, already makes sense. So whether it's north-south or east or west, uh, we've been able to handle that, you know, either from a, a, a VLAN segmentation point of view or hmm. even working with different hypervisors to uh, work with the east-west uh, and switches to you know keep that lateral movement uh, of malware happening. One important piece about segmentation that a lot of people neglect to mention 
is security. It's not necessarily just about, well, I have two different VLANs and they can't talk to each other, because uh, eventually they probably will talk to each other, uh, but you need to have security you know, between them. And that's really what SD Branch is all about, having the, the uh, LAN segmentation, built-in security, uh, and uh, SD-WAN on top of that, that's what really pulls it all together. And it's a great story from uh, you know people that have these many different branch offices and they yeah. want to have unified security. Well, up till now, we've always just put a branch network out there and cross fingers and hope that it was secure. We also had the same thing with private WAN. You know, when you bought an MPLS, you just sort of crossed your fingers and hoped it was secure. And it wasn't, but there was nothing you could do about it. And effectively, what you're saying is I can now make it operationally practical to put switches, APs, and SD-WAN edge devices out in the branch, centrally managed, in you know, for various reasons you're suggesting the pricing isn't unreasonable, and really bring all that together into a single solution platform. That's, I guess, is your security fabric model then. Exactly. Okay, we're getting to the final stages here because we're running out of time, and I do want to hit some things, but the things that I really like here is that you're that you talk about the security fabric. And at the outset, I was kind of scoffing internally in my mind a little bit because you didn't, I couldn't see how you, you could make the claim of a fabric. But since, as we've gone through the show, I'm starting to get a little bit more convinced. So let's hit highlight, summarize everything, bring it together for me and uh, bring it home, Narav. So really, to summarize that, we know SD-WAN is, is a great market. There's a lot of customers demand there. Hmm. But out of 60 to 70 vendors, there are only few vendors who can provide secure SD-WAN. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we extend that to secure SD branch, that is just a handful of vendors. And yeah. it's great that Fortinet can, can provide security, networking, and all of this, which is managed by our orchestration, which is highly scalable. So this has been, been a great kudos to our R&D. Mm-hmm. And we continue to see that we are, we are improvising on that. Uh, and automation is one more area that you have now built upon this great security fabric across the branches, data center, cloud, but with automation and integration, you can now simplify the IT admin job. You can simplify to make sure the troubleshooting is faster and the reporting and analytics can help you move faster in that area. Oh, thanks, guys. Actually, I've had pretty good fun here today. I haven't wasn't quite aware of the breadth of the Fortinet solution. And when you came to us and said you wanted to do a podcast, um, I've been nosed down in your documentation. I've just finished reading your cloud CASB manual today, which was hard work, I must say, but not hard work in a bad way. It was really useful. And I think <laughs> I'm starting to get – I was a little cynical about the security fabric when we set out, but I think at the end of the day, the journey is bringing it together for me. So thanks very much to Fortinet for sponsoring today's show. Without sponsors, we just couldn't do this, and we couldn't be here bringing you this sort of information at this level of quality if it wasn't for them. You can get more information from Fortinet – uh, at their website at fortinet.com. There's actually quite a bit of de- documentation there and reference material that you don't have to go through a paywall. Um, and if you do get in contact with them, tell them that you came from the Packet Pushers because they'd like to know uh, that you found it uh, through us and on the show. Uh, there's also a bunch of stuff in the show notes at packetpushers.net, which you can refer to. And you can also find many more podcasts like this one on your preferred podcatcher. Just search for Packet Pushers on your favorite podcatcher platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Overcast or whatever, and you'll find at least eight different feeds of our podcast formats across a range of topics and uh, I can strongly recommend the Network Break podcast to you if you haven't subscribed already. Just search for Network Break. And we have a newsletter too. You can go and find that on our website. But as always, remember that too much networking would never be enough.